All right, so just a few announcements before we begin with worship today. First of all, uh, registration. Registration. Registration is tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. I'm assuming that's for the school, Amanda. Is that right? Is that right? Okay. Yeah, okay, so registration tomorrow uh, evening at 6 p.m. There it is. So this coming Wednesday, something to announce and something also to pray for is uh, the opening day of Trinity Lutheran School. We're very excited about that, very thrilled about that. We have, last count that I had, we have 10 new families that will be going uh, to school with us. The enrollment is at 95, and we are very, very blessed uh, by God for that, and we are really excited about a brand new school year. Opening chapel is at 8.30 in the morning here on that Wednesday in the sanctuary. All are invited to attend that uh, as we open our school year. Registration uh, for school is open tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. was also asked to announce that the morning Braille workers will meet on Tuesday, August the 14th for our regular session from 9 to 11.30, but there will be no afternoon Braille this week. So the morning Braille workers, regular session, 9 to 11.30, but there's no afternoon Braille on Tuesday of this week. Uh, Freistadt's annual festival, Erntefest, is this coming Friday and Saturday, August 17th and 18th. Please mark your calendars for that. It's a lot of fun. And then our adult uh, summer Bible study, Read the Readings, uh, is back this coming Thursday night from 7 to 8 p.m. here in the sanctuary. And that is all the announcements that we have for this morning. Let's open today with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you that no matter what has happened uh, to us or to people that we know uh, in this last week, that we can come here to this place, Lord, amongst each other, amongst our brothers and sisters in Christ, and Lord, that we can call this place home. Uh, And we are thankful for that. We are thankful, Lord, that it is here that we receive your word, that we receive your sacraments, Lord, that we receive the forgiveness of our sins, making us whole once again. And now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you here, as always, that you would give us a zeal this morning, Lord, for your house of worship here. Truly, Lord, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Please stand. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, 
and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Brystadt, Missouri. I am Darren Shane, your announcer for this, the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Gordon Sletton, and the acolytes are the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works I will meditate. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. And they shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, 
and on your wondrous works I will meditate. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, though we do not deserve your though we do not deserve your goodness, still you provide for all of our needs of body and soul. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may acknowledge your gifts, give thanks for all of your benefits, and serve you in willing and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is from Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is a sign of the covenant I am making between you, between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. <clears throat> Whenever I bring clouds over the earth... 
the rain, and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all the living creatures and of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, This is a sign of the covenant I have established between me and all of life on the earth. This is the word of our Lord. We continue with the gradual. O the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how indestructible his ways. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. At this time, I'd like to invite all of the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message. Now is a good time also to bring up your offering, your mighty mites as well. You guys can turn around and face me. Good to see you all here today. Okay. All right. What we're going to be talking about today is probably an incident with Jesus that you know pretty well. It's when Jesus walked on the water. Okay. But before we do that, I forgot, I want to bring back a prayer that we did right at the beginning of worship because it's kind of important and has to do with what we're going to be talking about today. It was the collect, which is, just, which, is, which is a fancy word for a prayer, okay? And it said, And it said, Heavenly Father, though we do not deserve your goodness, still you provide for all of our needs of body and soul. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may acknowledge your gifts, give thanks for all of your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Though we do not deserve your goodness, still you provide for all of our needs of body and soul. Okay, so, Jesus comes to his disciples in a very unusual way, right? In a way that you probably wouldn't think that he might unless you knew the story. But he comes to them, they were on on a lake. The lake was called the Sea of Galilee, okay? And this big storm comes up on them, and the waves are really high, and they're really worried, and they're freaking out, and then all of a sudden they see something, a person coming out to them, and he's walking on top of the water. Sometimes people might say that that he was walking in the water, but either way, he was walking on or in the water, Jesus was, and and when the disciples see him, do you know what they said? They said, it's a ghost. Yeah, we can't believe it. It's, it's, it's a ghost, right? Well, then Jesus says something to, to them uh, that is really important, and we're going to be focusing on this in our sermon for today. 
He says to them, because he knows that they're really worried and that they're really scared, he says to them, fear not, don't be afraid, because it is I. Because it is I, Jesus. Well, then what happens is, is that Peter, one of his disciples, one of his closest friends, says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come out on the water and walk on the water to you. And so Jesus says, come. And so Peter starts his way off, and then he begins to sink. And he begins to sink in this water that he can't see the bottom of. Obviously, they're out in the middle of this lake, so it's not like he can touch with his feet. Okay? And he begins to sink, and he calls out, Lord, save me! And Jesus reaches out his hand, even though Peter was doubting, and that Peter's faith was pretty small at at that time. He reaches out his hand, and he saves Peter, and he brings him back, and the two of them get in the boat, and they go on their way so that Jesus can minister to more people. Again, that prayer from earlier, although we do not deserve your goodness, deserve to be saved, just like Peter, still you save us, still you provide for all of our needs of body and soul. And so we're going to be talking about that today and how Jesus does that. Uh, So I want you to pay particular attention to that, okay? Let's put our hands together and repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you save us every day, even though we do not deserve it. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for coming up. You guys can go back and sit with your folks. The epistle reading today is from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of this glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to immeasurable more than we are that we all ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen this is the word of our lord
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the, bo- but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and began to, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Our hymn of the day is God Moves in Mysterious Ways, number 765 in the Lutheran Service Book. Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Grace, mercy, grace. And peace be yours that and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the gospel lesson that was just read. Please have that in front of you because we'll be going through it, referring to it as we go along in this story of walking on the sea. It seems simple enough, but there's a lot to unpack, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. In the fifth chapter, sorry, the ninth chapter of Mark's Gospel, Jesus comes upon a scene, and there is a lot of commotion that is happening. And a man, a father, comes to Jesus and explains to him what is going on specifically with his son. You see, his son has been possessed by an evil spirit. And what is happening to his son is something that that you would not wish upon any parent at all. You see, this evil spirit was trying to repeatedly kill this man's son over and over again by trying to throw him into fires. By throwing him about. The father went on to explain that my son begins to to foam at the mouth and he gnashes his teeth and then sometimes he just becomes rigid, as stiff as a board. And he wants Jesus to heal him. To free his son of this evil spirit. And this is where we pick the story up at. So they brought the boy to Jesus. When the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Everything that the father said was happening. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to try to kill him. But if you can do anything... Take pity on us and help us. And Jesus' response, if you can, everything is possible for him who believes. And the response of the Father is what's important for us here this morning. Verse 24. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help my unbelief. I do believe, Lord. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and stood him up. And the boy was fine after that. In our text this morning, Jesus, uh, Peter has a similar instance happen to him. We begin at verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. The word immediately is important here. The reason for that is because if you will remember from last week, the people, after Jesus fed 5,000, about 9,000 actually, that the people wanted to make him a bread king. That they wanted to make him a king that Jesus was not going to have any part of being. And so essentially, Mark records, Jesus says to his disciples, come on, we're going to get out of here. 
and leave. And so they do, and he commands his disciples. The word there is compels them. Immediately, Jesus compelled the disciples to get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After that, he goes up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Jesus does this frequently. When evening comes, he was all alone, but the boat where the disciples are in, that, the boat that the disciples are in is already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves during the wind because of the wind against it. And so if you're Jesus, what do you do? Well, you just walk on the water out to the boat. There is this big squall that comes up at, at this time, and still to this day, the Sea of Galilee is known for these sudden powerful squalls that come up. And so this is what the disciples are facing. Verse 25, during the fourth watch of the night, that's about 3 a.m., Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Some of the translations, as I mentioned to the children, some of them say he was walking on the lake. Some of them saying that he was walking in the lake. Either way, Jesus is doing something miraculous here. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. You and I would be too. Because they didn't recognize immediately who it was. And so they go off of what their experience is. That This will come into play a little bit later. They go off of what their experience is, and they think that what they see is a ghost. Something that can't possibly be real. And so they cry out in fear. But Jesus, verse 27, immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be Afraid. This is where knowledge of the Greek is helpful. Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. It, in the Greek, this word is actually two words. And what Jesus replies to them is more than what we sort of read on the surface level. It is I, do not be afraid. What he literally told them was, take heart, it is I, I am. Take heart, it is I, I am. Remember that, that's what, that that is the name that God in the Old Testament gave to himself when the people asked him, well, what is your name? And he says, I am who I am. And so Jesus literally says to his disciples, take heart. Why? Because it's me. I am who I am is coming to you on the lake. So you have no need to worry. You have no need to be terrified. I am is with you. And then in verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. We know that Peter, throughout other Gospels and throughout the other stories about him, he's a bit impetuous, doesn't really think before he acts, doesn't really think much before he speaks. And again, the Greek here is helpful Lord, since it is you, what it says in the Greek, since it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. It's not that Peter didn't believe that it was Jesus. He knew that it was Jesus. Lord, since it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus says, come. 
Peter gets out of the boat. He starts walking on the water. He's doing great and came toward Jesus. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind, remember that our circumstances and our environment is important. We mentioned that earlier, our experience. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Again, the Greek is helpful here. The word for save actually has two meanings. Remember that nothing in Scripture is there by accident. Every single word, every single punctuation mark has a reason, and it is there for a purpose. The word save here has two meanings. What Peter said to Jesus was, number one, save me from my physical predicament that I am in. I'm sinking and I'm going to go down into this water. If you don't help me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drown. At that time, people thought that the water was the realm of the devil. That was where Satan lived. And so people were really, really afraid of the water. And so number one, he is afraid for his physical safety and says, Lord, save me from this physical predicament so that I don't drown. And the second thing that he tells him in the same word is, Lord, save me eternally. Because he is afraid of going into the water. Because again, the water is the realm of Satan. And it is the realm of where he lives. Save me from my physical predicament, Lord. Save me eternally, Lord. And that's going to come into play in a little bit. 31, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? Again, nothing is by accident. Jesus chooses his words very carefully. Notice what he doesn't tell Peter. You of no faith. He doesn't say you have no faith. He says you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Hang on to that. We're going to be coming back to it. You of little faith, why did you doubt? 32, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Save me from my physical predicament, Lord. From my physical suffering that I am in. And Lord, save me eternally. You see, the problem is, is that Jesus tells us the same thing. He says to you and I each and every day the same word that he said to Peter, come, come to me. And we can't. And we fail. And the reason why we fail is because we look to our situation, we look to the environment around us and to our past experience, and we think there's no way that this is going to work. Whatever the situation is. And it's not that we don't have any faith. Just like Peter, we we just don't have enough of it. Put another way, Jesus says to Peter and says to you and I, why do you trust so little? Why do you trust me so little? How many of us, whenever we're in a tight spot or whenever we are in a situation that sometimes lasts a day or weeks or months or years, whatever the the case is, how many of us don't go to Jesus and to, to him in prayer until after we've tried everything else? after we've gone to all of our other ways to help us feel better, to help us make sense of the situation that we're in, usually prayer 
sometimes, oftentimes, I think, is the last thing that we do, or at least it's certainly not the first thing. Because we're so concerned about the environment around us. We're so concerned about our past situations. I've been through this before, Lord. I know how this story ends. And so what Satan will do is he will use that, and he will take that thought, and he will begin whispering in your ear so that you don't, as we've talked about here before, so that you don't start praying for things. So that you don't start praying for the big things. Remember how we talked about pray for the miracle? God wants you to do that. And Satan will take whatever situation that you are in, no matter how small it is, no matter how big it is, and he will whisper those things in your, in your ear and say, God, God isn't listening. Yeah, you can pray about this, but you, know, you, you and I both know that nothing is probably ever going to come of it. You and I both know that, 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 that he's not going to rescue you from this situation. That's what he does. That's why he's called the prince of lies, because everything that he tells you is a flat-out lie. Because we know from the Gospels that Jesus did answer prayers and did save people from the big things. We know from this story that we just read that Peter did, I'm sorry, that Jesus did, in fact, save, save Peter. He did. But we know that he doesn't always save, right? We, we know that he doesn't always deliver us from the situations that we find ourselves in. We all have experiences that are like that. Peter will eventually have an experience like that. But he always uses every single situation that happens to us, whether they are good or bad, every situation that he happens to us, his word promises us this one thing. That for those who believe in Jesus, he works out all things for good. And I give you an example of this from Scripture itself. Remember that, again, Peter is sort of one that doesn't really, really think before he acts, and he doesn't really think before he speaks. Well, in this account, Jesus does save Peter. Now, fast forward to the end of the Gospel of John. And Jesus comes to his disciples after he has been resurrected from the dead, and nobody recognizes who it is, and then Peter looks. And he knows exactly who it is. And he is the only disciple who runs out on the water, interestingly enough, he's used to this before, he runs out to Jesus on the water and says, Lord, it is you. He strengthened Peter's faith because Peter was the only one that knew that it was him at that time. So what am I telling you? What I'm telling you is, is that no matter what situation that you find yourself in, Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit will use it for your good. No matter what it is. God is so powerful that he can even use our sin for your good. For those who love Jesus, for those who love the Lord, he works out all things for the good for those who love him. 
And sometimes we have situations like Peter, where we sort of do the, the, things, the things that we want to do, we don't do, and the things that we don't want to do, those are the things that we end up doing. Paul talks about this too. That's what was happening to Peter. When he began to sink, he was struggling in, in, in his mind between his old Adam, which said that this can't be done, and Jesus, who was standing right there saying, yes, it can. He was doing the things that he didn't want to do. This is what Paul says about that. Uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 15. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me, that old Adam. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good. But I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good that I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law at work, the law of sin at work with my members. What wretched man am I? Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, even Paul struggled with this. Even Paul struggled with this eternal battle that will go on until we go to heaven between doing those things that we don't want to do, like not trusting enough, like having too little faith, and doing the things that we want to do, like having the right faith. But that faith cannot come from ourselves. No, we call that sanctification. God gives it to us by his grace and by his love and by his mercy. And just like Peter Lord, save me. Just like Paul, who will save me? Who will save me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, it is the great I am. It is Jesus, the one whose name literally means the Lord saves. And he has saved us. From our physical ailments, though not always, and we know that. But no matter what it is, again, he works all of those things for good. He works all of those things for good. If you are one of those people that, that, that says and thinks, well, there's a reason for everything that happens, you're right, but there's only one reason why that is. The only reason for why that is is because God, for those who love him, for those who love Christ, is working it out for good. That's the only reason. And so he saves us. Again, that, that prayer that I shared with the, the children, look at that in your bulletins with me. The collect at the beginning. We could sort of have prayed this another way. Heavenly Father, though we do not deserve your goodness, though we trust too little, still, You provide for all of our needs of body and soul. 
Still we trust too little, still you provide for all of our needs of body and soul. Paul writes elsewhere that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. The Lord saves, died for you and I who sometimes have too little of faith. Who sometimes look at the situations and the environment around us and think there's no way that this is possible. Thanks be to God that he does save us. And he continually saves us. That's why they call him the great shepherd, the good shepherd, because as wayward sheep, we oftentimes go astray. We go away from him. And what does he do every time he brings us back? He brings us back to him and reminds us, I am the one who loves you more than anyone, more than anything. I am the one who has spilled my blood for you. I am the one who broke my body for you. I am the I am. I am the one who saves you. Thanks be to God that he does that. Thanks be to God that he does that every single day for us, working things out for good for those who love him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so today using the Nicene Creed that is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal, the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. And was, was crucified also for us in the Pontius Pilate. He suffered, he suffered and, was and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures. And ascended to heaven. And said to the right hand of the Father. And he will come again in glory. To judge both the living and the dead. Whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Lord and giver of life. Who proceeds from the Father and the Son. And with the Father and the Son together is worship and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we collect our tithes and offerings. You'll notice in the pew that is uh, that you're sitting in. Um, on one side of it uh, is the red sign-in book, whether you are a member or a guest with us. Uh, those who receive it on the windows, please send it back to the aisles. And those in the aisles, please tear off the top sheet, set it on top so that the elders at the worship can receive those. We collect our tithes and offerings.
In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to be sure to remember. First, for those on our health list, for Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Ernest Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Bob Dotson, Eldon Nelson, <clears throat> Bob Yelinek, Mark Fellwalk, Lorne Plybaker, Linda Wee, Gary Magruder, Thelma Barnes, Emma Conklin, Nick Prater, Brenda Lawmaster. Also for Bruce Sletton, who has heart surgery on Wednesday, and also for Robert Harris, who is having surgery on Thursday. Also for the family of Dr. Alfred Lampy, brother of Grace Doss, who passed away on Tuesday of this past week. Please stand as we go to our Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Dear Lord, you bid us come to you and we fail. We have failed in our trust in you that is too little. We have failed because we cannot sacrifice enough to be saved eternally. Thank you, Lord, that still you save us when our trust is low. Thank you, Lord, that you saw that we could not save ourselves and so instead you saved us. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for the whole family of God in Christ Jesus that all of his baptized children be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being, that Jesus may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we may be rooted and grounded in love. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Jesus, we pray for an increase in full-time church workers, for the spread of the gospel, that many may come to, the, that many may come to know the love of Christ that surpasses all human understanding, and so be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, in your mercy. Loving God, our Creator, our Savior, and our friend, bless this journey of a new school year that we undertake this week. Refresh our souls and renew our spirits as we take hold of the necessary ministry you have called us to. We welcome those who are new to this community, and we ask that you support them to share the wonderful gifts you have given them. Dear Lord, make our hearts pure as we prepare for the return of young minds to this school. And may you guide them to return with open hearts and a willingness and an eagerness to learn. Lord, in your mercy. For the leaders of our nation, for all public servants, and for all in the armed forces, that they be given grace to fulfill their very callings with honor, courage, wisdom, and integrity. Lord, in your mercy. For all of those who are in need, those who are sick, those who are sorrowing, those who are lonely, those who are injured, and those who are dying. Lord, we especially pray for Bruce and for Robert and the family of Alfred Lampy upon his passing. And for all those, Lord, on our health list, and for all that we name before you in our hearts. We pray that Christ Jesus would even be their health and sickness, their peace and turmoil, and their joy and sorrow, and their life and death. 
Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week. We pray to you that by your Spirit you would enable those who celebrate anniversaries to remain faithful to each other and to the vows that they have made. Uplift them in their love for one another and especially their love for you. Also, we pray, Lord, for all who have birthdays this week. Thank you for sustaining them in life to this day, and we pray that your face would shine upon them every day of this next year. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, for all who draw near to the altar of this day, not merely to touch the fringe of the Savior's garment, but to partake of his very body and blood, that this sacrament may be to them for the forgiveness of sins, for courage in resisting temptations, for service in Christ's kingdom, and finally, as a pledge of the glories of a life that has no end. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us in all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to newness of life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Hear us, Lord, as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.christatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Darren Shane.
Just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, please uh, pray this week, especially on Wednesday, uh, as again it is the opening day for our new school year at Trinity Lutheran School. Please pray for the faculty and the staff and the students and the families. Uh, it will be a wonderful day, and all again are invited to join us for our opening chapel at 8.30 here in the sanctuary. Also, read the readings. Adult Bible class will be back this coming Thursday here in the sanctuary also from 7 to 8. And there is one other announcement that I forgot to mention at the beginning. Uh, we are going to be beginning a new uh, ministry. Uh, if, if, if you or if somebody that you know is in need of a ride to like a doctor's appointment um, or something of that nature and is not able to, we would like to gather some people who would be willing to serve in that capacity to serve as rides for those folks. Uh, if you are interested in that, please see Carol Clybaker, um, as she will be the one who is um, heading up that ministry for us. Uh, that's all the announcements that I have. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week.